Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I am your host, Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, today I'm talking about philanthropy, or maybe the, the lack of it, I should say. I know I'm tightening my belt when it comes to what charities we're going to support in my house and actually to what extent we're going to support them, and I suspect that you out there are probably doing the same thing. Well, according to Giving USA Foundation, philanthropy wasn't as off in 2008 as probably we all expected, but it is 2009 that's really got people worried. Edith Falk is the vice chairwoman of Giving USA Foundation and says that philanthropy usually feels the impact of an economic turndown six to nine months later. Well, we're certainly well within that six to nine months now, and I suspect that as soon as Q1 is over with, we're going to be getting some numbers that are pretty grim. Now, all of this comes on the heels of a very successful 2007 when donations to charity nationwide exceeded $3 billion for the first time. That's a 1% increase over the previous year. Now, the news out there may not be as glum as we assume for 2009. Another Giving USA report says that um, they looked over economic distress in the nation's economy going back to 1969 and over time found that total giving in the U.S. had risen actually every year but one. So even though they're saying 2009 may not be our year, they're saying that the, the combination of economic distress and giving may not be that related. Um, there will be some dip, but it may not be as grim as we expect. Now, when it comes to giving, how we give is changing. A recent article in USA Today showed that a, a millennials and Gen Xers are finding ways to help others even now and are prompting big changes in the way charities actually raise their money. The reporter, Andrea Stone, pointed out that technology is really driving philanthropy, and she pointed to things like text messaging, Facebook, YouTube, and Google as all ways that nonprofits are now raising money very, very successfully. used to be that we all gave to uh, religious organizations. That was the number one top charity. But now two really fast-growing charities are topping the list, International Affairs and the Environment. They weren't even tracked 40 years ago by Giving USA Today, but now they top the list for donors in their 20s and their 30s. Well, social consciousness and environment, environment consciousness go hand in. So today our purse profile is the environmentally conscious woman. She's in her early 20s and 30s. She has a moderate income of about 54000 a year. She's incredibly environmentally conscious, focused on buying organic, supporting green causes and companies. She really sees herself as making a conscious effort to recycle, never buying cosmetics tested on animals, really wanting to support those companies that are, that are friendly and the way that they deal with the environment. They're very concerned about social issues, 
and intellectually curious. She's interested in international events. She um, wants to be really well-informed, and she's wanting to try new things. She keeps up with fashion. She wants to make a statement. She really doesn't care who it upsets, and she's always going after change and variety. When it comes to brands, she's shopping Ikea and Whole Foods. She's driving Honda and Toyota. She's buying Aveeno, The Body Shop, and Aveda products, all very focused on um, on the environment. And what she's reading really runs the gamut from The Economist, The New Yorker, LW, Real Simple, Shape, and Vanity Fair, to watching things like Discovery Channel, TLC, BBC America, Bravo, and The Oxygen Network. On websites, it's Netflix, MySpace, LinkedIn, Amazon, Expedia, WallStreetJournal.com, and USA Today. Today.com. So you can see she's well-read. Um, she's very active in the products that she chooses and uh, very selective. Well, when it comes to my guest for today, she's pretty selective, too. Jody Turner is the founder of CultureOfFuture.com, a trend-watching organization. Jody is a cultural trend anthropologist. Isn't that a cool title? I wish I had a cool title like that. She just co-contributed to a recent TrendWatching.com briefing on Generation G, generosity versus greed. So it's hot off the press. Stick around. The dynamic discussion about generosity and greed when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. When it comes to finding the right customers with the right keywords, all you have to remember is ABC Search. ABC Search is the world's largest privately held pay-per-click network, giving advertisers the best pay-per-click traffic with over 6 billion searches a month and industry-leading protection using ClickShield. Their patent-pending fraud identification software, you can trust ABC Search to deliver the best possible traffic. When thinking about PPC and publisher solutions, all you need to remember is ABC Search. Quality partners, quality search, abcsearch.com. Oh, wise master, I've climbed up this mountain to seek your wisdom. Yes, how can I help you, my son? I've traveled far to ask why my business isn't growing. You are on top of this mountain when you should be on topnichenetworks.com. But I need answers. You should be on topnichenetworks.com, specializing in direct marketing and lead generation as well as list management. Topnichenetworks.com has exclusives and leading payouts. They welcome new affiliates with hot offers. We don't seem to get the results we need at a price we can afford. Topnichenetworks.com will work on a performance-only basis, so you only pay for results. TopNicheNetworks.com has the answers that you've been seeking for making your business a success on a performance-only basis. And that's a good thing, because my butt's falling asleep. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Are your domains locked to the max? If not, your online brand presence and your entire online business could be at risk from Internet thieves. Imagine the damage that you and your company would suffer if control of your domain was lost. 
Protect all of your valuable domains with MaxLock. From Moniker, your domain asset management specialist. With MaxLock, even if your email accounts are hacked and your passwords are stolen, your domains are protected in your Moniker account. Transfer your domains to Moniker today. Powered by MaxLock. Delivering maximum protection for your domains. Find out more at Moniker.com slash MaxLock. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Drop into the Webmaster chat room. WebmasterRadio.fm. Clothing is optional. WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Purse Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And welcome back to Purse Strings. We've been talking a lot about philanthropy and generosity today. And joining me now is Jody Turner, founder of cultureoffuture.com, a trend-watching organization. And Jody is what she calls a cultural trend anthropologist, which I think is just fascinating. I wish, I wish I had that title. And we're going to be talking about Generation G, which is a new study that she co-authored, and it's the Generosity versus Greed. Jody, thanks so much for being on the program today. Thank you. Hello. Well, hello. Well, I am so excited to be talking about Generation G. I think your findings are so fascinating. But before we really get into that, would we let's back up and tell everyone a little bit about Culture of the Future. And your tagline is Future Empowerment, Lifestyle Intersects Design. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yes. Well, I started out as a graphic designer. And as a graphic designer, I was really focusing on the communication of product and brand to the consumer, I had the ability to really sell in, um, you know, products um, through beauty and through communication, and and I realized that I was selling in several products I didn't really necessarily believe in. So um, I ended up working at Nike Design um, in their trend group, doing communications for them, and at that point we were at the beginning of the line, and we were helping the designers and the marketers to. Um, you know, educate themselves about what the consumer wants, and in a way that's very inspirational and still, um, you know, passion and beauty driven. So, in, in building really um, a loyalty with the consumer through a conversation with them at a deeper level and an interesting level. So, we know that um, together today and in this moment, we're creating the future as we speak. So, it's a culture that we will soon be living in, and people are really awakening to that fact and how we want to contribute to what we will be living in. Um, our company's missive is really to work with brands, connecting them to innovate inspiration that is very consumer-driven. You know, what is the consumer up to? What are they concerned with? What are they connected to? And how can we go where they are and yet also provide our point of view and passion so clearly and cleanly and succinctly? So, and and the, and the, the trick is to know what other brands are doing as well and what are the, uh, the future-driven brands that can really um, do well now but also have a sustainability sort of model going forward um, in terms of their own um, economics. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and obviously part of the future is the fact that this this world we live in is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I know you travel the world quite a bit. I know you're you're working and speaking about projects that covers a myriad of topics, uh, global design, citizen re-empowerment, branding trends, software. Um, you describe yourself as a cultural trend anthropologist. Um, when you're at parties and people ask what you do, is that what you tell them? And then when they say, what does that mean, what do you tell them after that? <laughs> that is such a great question because uh, people ask all the time and, you know, you have to have your elevator answer and yeah. you, know, you see people glazing over when you really try to explain what you do. But um, people are very interested and they want to know, you know, what it is. And so I basically say I follow human patterns and really report to companies about what they're doing and in a way that the company can then utilize that information and do something really relevant and vital. But I, I think the most important thing is to note that today we're all bombarded by information. It's a multi-screened, fractionalized world. Very exciting and, and yet confusing. Our job is to capture and curate the right information and deliver it clearly in an inspirational manner. You know, we really try to provide this information not so statistics-driven, but really in packets um, and pods of inspirational verbal and um, visual, um, you know, in a visual and inspirational manner so that the companies can absorb it quickly. Time is really of the essence these days. So um, we ourselves have the time and resources to feed the companies the latest and greatest. And particularly when the market is slow and the economy is shifting, it's important to have this sort of information to know how to be um, efficient and relevant at the same time. Absolutely. And talking about the latest and greatest, you just released um, a new report uh, that you fielded with trendwatching.com called Generation G, the generosity versus greed. Again, yeah. very fascinating read. Talk a little bit about what you were trying to discover when you fielded this. Well, we're trying to connect and project. We're trying to connect with the consumer and, and what matters to them. And we know right now that we're seeing a very um, a shift in our economy. Um, the Betty Sue Flowers, the director of the Lyndon Baines Johnson Library and Museum, and professor of English at University of Texas at Austin, she has noted that we've moved from the iconography of growth economy and what Rainier Evers of TrendWatching.com called greed economy to one of communal economy. What can we create together? We're calling it also the care economy. Consumers are looking for something to care about and for someone to care about them. So, you know, in, up to now at, in our work, we were really focusing on the era of passion, passionately redesigning how we live, work, and play across the board to align with a more meaningful way of living and less focused on consumption for consumption's sake. Well, now, fast forward several months, you know, uh, past our our economic um, challenge, you know, and into it, um, we're seeing the uh, shift. You know, three main reasons why we're coming into a conscious consumption mode. Um, first of all, you know, the recent consumer kind of discussed with greed-induced crisis, and yeah. secondly. Um, deep consumer longing for someone who cares about them and about the world. And third, um, and this is above all pre-recession, is the emergence of a more generous culture fueled by online revolution, which is really about sharing, giving, creating, and about delivering status and recognition to individuals who actively participate in that engagement economy. And this is a shift from the old model of status for individuals who consume the most and the best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. It really is a seismic shift. And 
You know, I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg situation, but it does seem like the time is now for this conversation with a new president in power, a president who has definitely let it be known that we have to work together to get ahead. He actually uh, issued that call to action during his inaugural speech, and he's and it's really about surviving, not just, you know, um, helping each other out because it feels good. It's really about our survival. Um, do you think that the timing of all of this really played into your findings when you when you feel this? Oh yes, and oh yes, this is this is excellent because today we're seeing this trend wholeheartedly embraced. We're seeing the new political movement embrace the trends we've been leading business through these last many years, from the passion of hope and innovation to ideas of sustainability and energy innovation. So it's our hope that the government will embrace the efficiency management models of current businesses and that it will embrace Generation G power, and I think it is. And this is really working with the people of America to reinvent and redesign, again, how we live, work, and play together. It's kind of like a second coming of America. It's exactly what's happening in front of our very eyes, this sort of alignment of consumer or constituent-driven business or political forces toward a greater end together. And so this is the communal economy. And of course, I just tag on economy every word, but it's engagement economy, communal economy, new media economy, and and, um, innovation economy. So please go to our website at cultureoffuture.com. There in the lower right is Generation G. We have two powerful downloads about Generation G, and we discuss in detail how we got here, generation to generation, and the statistics that support this thinking. It's, it's important to know how we got here, and in this way, we kind of let go of pointing fingers, and I think that's what's happening right now. It's more, each generation has paid us forward, and there have been problems, and there have been, um, you know, uh, great um, breakthroughs. So um, now we have to work together on this. Um, and this is really what the economic and environmental crisis is bringing forward. We know that when we face crises, we end up working together much better. So we have to. So so we're also, um, we love discussing the excitement of these times and how we're uh, recreating our future together. And really every job, every action matters at this point, and choice matters going forward. It's time to pay attention to our actions. And so we have been really pointing this out in consciousness for some time with business, and they're really getting it. I mean, all of our clients from Apple to Starbucks to Nike to Adidas, they're all getting it. And we're seeing, we have many examples of, um, of this happening. And so connect with us and we'll definitely send them your way. Yeah, I, I would love for you to, to dive a little bit deeper into some of the results that you uncovered uh, with, your, with your Project Generation G. Kind of, if you would, define what you found out about each of the generations because they are very different from each other. Um, can you take it maybe generation by generation? Yes, and, and I apologize for speaking so very quickly. I feel like there's so much information to um, <laughs> provide and to really kind of catch us all up on. And it's interesting because I've been working for so many years on these ideas that we're really currently living in, and now I'm having to fast forward um, you know, my work. Mm-hmm. It, it was an interesting, um, it's an interesting feeling. Um, and also now we're really having to fast forward the work into how do we um, really build this and uh, pan this out. But I think in understanding the generations, and I have a really lovely chart on the uh, one of the downloads, and it kind of breaks down the generations that we see. And of course, we're talking about generations in the U.S. Um, I have different charts for um, 
you know, majority world countries and uh, Western um, uh, mature markets in Europe. But um, here in our country, we have the boomer generation, which I am a part of. And um, that is, uh, and the statistics, I mean, the characteristics of a boomer um, is diversity as a cause. I was one of the first people volunteering for integration in high school. Um, we are idealistic, whether we're serving the um, 60s movement or serving a larger government or a larger corporation. Um, we're self-determined. We are meaning that we've had to, we feel that we're really contributing to the world if we are doing things ourselves and not having to rely on others. Because at one point um, after World War II, with scarcity um, and rebuilding, we each person had to really step up. And sacrifice. So we're very mass movement focused in that in that way, and we're all about the killer job and bigger is better. Um, TV. We were raised on TV, and and technology to us is oh yeah, I have tech. You know, I have technology. We're task task focused. Um, we were about uh, neighborhood play. So and brands are as a, a social badge to us. So Gen X, they did a beautiful thing of rebelling against us by going small. Yeah. Now, they, they tried to take us away from overworking. You know, we really were the cog in the wheel of the industrial model, and we thought this was the brilliant way to live, and it did move us forward. But um, And we wanted for um, our children to never want the way we did. But the Gen X found that they wanted us to come home. So um, they became very um, self-reliant, if, uh, being the latchkey kids that they were. They started to really focus on what was closer to the body with more pleasure. Um, we called them um, slackers when actually they were they were re, really reinventing music. They were reinventing living and experience, very experience-driven. And this is where the experience economy came out of. And, um, and they're at the point where they accept diversity. They're pragmatic and cynical. And it's this cynicism that really helped them step out of the um, mass consumption model. They're self-reliant. Um, they reject what doesn't work. Um, they have confidence in that. And they're all about the killer life. Smaller is better. And they mistrust institutions, though, um, and, and they're all about the Internet and about techno-lust or object lust, like the iPod. Um, and this whole generation is, is going to design school to create objects. Um, they're experience-focused, and they're about the TV, VCR, and DVD. Now, they're anti-brands unless the brand is really conscious and that is what we're in the era we're entering into now say project red is is a great example of that so um and then gen y the younger generation they're really about creative ownership you know they just want to get out there and be recognized for their contributions to their their collective tribes um they uh they are all about diversity is normal to them they're optimistic and realistic. In other words, they have embraced the boomer way of living, you know, mass materialism, and they've also embraced the Gen X way of living. So they're the first generation that hasn't rebelled but rather has included. Mm-hmm. And so they're brilliant that way in that they could be both. Um, they're self-invented. They like to rewrite the rules and yet appear to be traditional. They're all about killer lifestyle. They know the place of both uh, materialism and consciousness. Um, they are, um, there's an irrelevance of institutions, but they will love them if they're aligned with what they're into. And they're totally mobile tech. They're tech lucid. It's not about the product. It's about what it does. And multitasking, as you know, they were raised with parents who were really paying attention. And they're all about um, tech activities. So creative ownership is their main thing. 
Well, and I know so, you talk about yes. technology and the role that technology is really playing, and it seems to me that um, I shared some statistics or some information at the top of the show about various ways now that um, nonprofits are trying to raise money, and we saw what technology did for fundraising uh, for political campaigns, but I would imagine that you're seeing, especially the Gen, the Gen Ys, really engage in technology as a method of giving. Can you talk a little bit about, about that? Yes. Um, you know, we call it, um, let's see, we're having some really successful mobile dina- uh, donation campaigns. Um, in fact, giving via mobile phone passed the $500,000 mark in 2008, led by Gen X and Gen Y. So, um, and they expect it to increase tenfold in 2009. So it's, um, there's a text-to-help mobile donation service. That's text-to-number-two-help mobile donation service, and it's been used by the Red Cross and the Obama-McCain campaigns. And it's you set a donation of $5 by texting GIVE to HELP, and the charge is added to the mobile subscriber's monthly bill. Another mobile service with a $5 donation per text program is um, used by Make-A-Wish, UNICEF, and PBS as well as hyper-local organizations like the Columbus Zoo and the Chicago 2016 um, Olympic bid. So, and the charm of the mobile giving for Gen X and Gen Y is it allows them to be more impulsive and to give easily and instantly when the spirit hits them. Um, Gen X and Y are sensitive to waste extremely, and so they text donations save paper and trees and minimizes administrative costs. So more of the donations go directly to the cause and not to overhead. So see, these generations are very conscious of the backstory, and they really, you know, we really are needing to sell and market now through conversations that really show a transparency and authenticity through the backstory. So, and the small set donation amount doesn't feel like an imposition, and, and it allows them, to, you know, it allows, it puts giving within the reach of high school allowances. So, um, and we're also seeing brands really get into this mobile, um, there's a uh, mobile world, and there's a, a mobile phone brand out of uh, England, I believe, called Blick, B-L-Y-K. And they will, um, you can have a, as a youth, from 18 to 24, you can have a mobile phone for free with no contract, as long as you agree to sign up for the curation of brands that they present to you. And the cool thing about this is these brands are things you would want. And they would be cool, but also meaningful. Mm -hmm. So then you can share them and do word of mouth with your friends. The other thing we're seeing happen with brand is uh, SockNet, um, social networking, and branding are beginning to work together. And so in order to be somewhere, you have to be everywhere. And so there's mobile, there's um, social networking, and We've uh, we've done a project with MySpace to bring in consciousness about that, and um, we're working right now with a really cool technology that is the missing link in word of mouth marketing. So if you share your, it's called Mugsy through PureVerticals.com, and if you share your CD with someone and you send it to them, they they can't buy. You know, you'd love for them to just be able to click one click and purchase. Well, now we have the software that is uh, one click purchase, which is is great, and you can also one-click donate or one-click review. So this is now linking everyone together with being able to um, send brand love around the world and also be able to uh, vote your 
uh, support either by buying or reviewing or donating to um, that cause that they're associated with. So this is the really the consumption model going forward. We're also seeing Twitter and brands doing work together. And so we'll be having a download of this sort of information free at our website because we're starting uh, monthly uh, free downloads. And we're, we're going to have it all clear and understandable for you. So it's uh, an access points, entryways for you to enter in doing this work. Um, and so we'll be doing that for you next month because we're writing a white paper on it. Um, and I'm trying to think what else we have to say about mobile. And I think that we covered covered it. Well, that's a lot. It's a lot, and it's so much, actually. I'm thinking I am really out of it. <laughs> I've got to get up to speed because, um, you know, I felt like I already knew a lot about mobile, but it really is changing, I feel like, almost on a daily basis. So I'm glad you're doing that white paper. I'm definitely going to be downloading and reading because um, it's definitely what the future holds, not only in the way that we raise money, but also, as you said, engage in the brand experience um, and form community. Um, in, the, in the next minute that we have left, because unfortunately we're running out of time, I'm just curious. You, you seem like you have so much going on there at Culture of the Future. Can you, can you talk a little bit about what, what is hot right now? I know you just debuted your first blog at Fast Company Magazine the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Anything else that you've got going on? Well, um, you know, and I'd like to just add, when you said you felt like you, you were behind in the whole mobile, I want you to feel like now you're up to speed from what I said, <laughs> because really, we try and curate it and just present everything to you quickly and appropriately. In other words, you now know what's going on through what you've heard. It really is not much deeper than, than what we've said. And um, you can always use our website as a resource, too. Uh, we want people to feel included in these changes, and um, so this is one of our most important um, important things because it is an inclusive time. And coming up for us, we're going to be speaking at um, an innovation uh, uh, conference in um, Boston called Front End Innovation, and that will be on our website. You can also Google that, Front End Innovation, and it's in May. And in that way, you can kind of come, and companies can come and, and be fed by a number of different people, and I'll be doing a blog about that as well. Um, and I'll be speaking in Istanbul about retail trends and uh, Portugal marketing trends, and um, and uh, we'll be uh, speaking to a group of life coaches you know, top-level life coaches on um, what's the future of work for us and how can we coach people in this changing time. And then also be doing a trend tour through a, uh, a very well-known Milan furniture show, um, trade show of high design, and then also doing a, um, a uh, beauty and fashion future sort of trend salon inside of a trade show in Bologna, Italy. So I do love working overseas in Europe because they just they are just a bit ahead of us. But I think what I love about the U.S. is that we're reinventing ourselves. So there's much more open innovation and, and much more inclusive community work together. And so we're in the exciting place here in America. And um, we are going to be reinventing ourselves. And there will be a, a, a big influence on the world going forward. And it's an exciting place to be. Well, I certainly do feel like I am caught up. So thank you so very much for joining me today, Jody. And I know my listeners do, too. Oh, great. Thank you so much. You bet. And we'll have to have you back on because I know you're, you've always got something interesting going on. And it sounds like you're going to be very busy over the next coming months. So perhaps you can uh, squeeze in some time to visit us again here at Purse Strings. And for those individuals out there listening today, obviously Jody covered a lot of really fascinating information. Remember, you can go to cultureoffuture.com.
www.jodyhoffman.com where you can get those additional downloads that Jody was mentioning along with the statistics and all the information that she talked about relating to Generation G. It's also on that site. Um, so thanks to Jody and thanks to George too, my producer, for another great show. And join me next week for another edition of Purse Strings at 3 o'clock Eastern. I'll be joined by Julie St. Marie with Best Buy. We're going to be taking a deep dive into one of the company's most successful store launches. It opened just late last year in Colorado, and the concept is focused strictly on the woman. So find out how this massive retailer got so intimate with its primary customer. That's next Tuesday right here on Purse Strings. Until then, make it a great one.